Let us pray. God, take our ears and hear through them. Take our minds and think through them. And take our hearts and set them on fire for Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Uh, In the season of Eastertide, we uh, continue to ponder the meaning of the resurrection of Jesus. And on these Sundays that run from Easter through Pentecost, the great 50 days we call them, uh, we read stories from the history of the early church. We read stories of the first followers of Jesus. And this morning, the second Sunday of Easter, we always read this story from John 20, the story of Thomas. In fact, we often call this Doubting Thomas Sunday. Uh, we sometimes also call it Low Sunday because uh, after Easter, church staffs and pastors are fairly low on energy, if not on vacation altogether. And attendance can be a little bit lower today than it was uh, last week. In John 20, though, Thomas uh, heard some fantastical news from the others. Uh, after the crucifixion, after having been buried for three days, they say to him, We have seen the Lord. And Thomas, quite rightly it seems to me, Thomas has some doubts. Could it be true? Could it be real? Now in this story, Thomas comes off a little badly. I mean, doubting Thomas is sort of a pejorative term to begin with. But those are pretty basic, timeless questions. What is real and how do we know? And those questions are only getting harder to answer. So, for example, there was a picture that circulated on the internet uh, a couple of weeks ago, and maybe you saw it. It is Pope Francis in a long white puffer jacket in the style of the French fashion house Balenciaga. This is not the long cassock we're used to seeing popes wear. Very stylish. It's a good look on him. Not many men can pull that off. As it turns out, Even Francis couldn't pull that off. That's a fake picture. It was created by an artificial intelligence program. Yeah, you're onto it. It fooled a lot of people, including famously Chrissy Teigen, the wife, a model and the wife of John Legend, I think. Um, There are gonna be more of these pictures, though, generated by artificial intelligence. So here's another one. The Pope, for whatever reason, is a favorite prompt. So here's the Pope, not on the Pope-mobile, but the Pope's Harley. And, uh, you know, there's a place in uh, Corinthians where Paul writes about being all things to all people. So here's another, the Pope uh, reaching out to the biker community, apparently. And uh, I think there's one more. Yeah, the Pope getting ready to fly a fighter jet. That one seems a a little less realistic even to me. But these pictures point uh, to the larger question that we will increasingly face as we navigate the real-world impact of artificial intelligence. Is it real? And how do we know? And it's not just surprising pictures. AI is going to generate news stories. It's going to generate videos. And whether they're real or not, they have the power to shape our perspectives and to impact our behaviors. And I think, I'm pretty sure there's an even more cynical question that's going to emerge, and that's not, is it real? But is anything real? Is anything true? Can anything, can anyone be trusted? At this point, I feel like I should insert a disclaimer. I am not an expert on artificial intelligence. Although the more I read, the more it seems to me, or the more it seems to be that even the engineers who are creating artificial intelligence don't really quite know what they're creating. 
And there are also some philosophical questions that are too deep to dive into here. When we ask, is it real, raises the question, what is the nature of reality? What do we even mean when we say real? So this is a sermon in progress, which is also a function of being the low energy following Easter Sunday. This is a sermon in progress. I know the question that I want to ask. I'm still kind of working out what the answer is. So I'll be glad for your input, for your responses, maybe after the sermon or after the service, or send me an email, or let's get together and talk sometime. But even though these uh, you know, kind of questions about artificial intelligence are sort of futuristic, this ancient story of Thomas is helpful as we find our way. After the crucifixion on Good Friday, after the resurrection on Easter morning, we're told, when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he showed them his hands, bearing the marks of the nails of crucifixion. He showed, him that he showed them his side, which had been pierced by the sword. And we're told they rejoiced when they saw the Lord. The disciples saw the resurrected body of Jesus. And it's hard for me to know or even to imagine what that means, what a resurrected body is. But there was something tangible, material, physical about the appearance of Jesus to these disciples. Now we heard Thomas wasn't there. And when they saw him, that's when they told him, we have seen the Lord and Thomas has his doubts. And why not? You know, belief in resurrection was still relatively new in the history of Jewish theological development. In fact, the Sadducees, who were one of the prominent sects in the temple at that time, the Sadducees didn't believe in resurrection at all. That's why they were called the Sadducees. They were sad, you see. They didn't believe in resurrection. Yeah. That was, that was a bad joke even when I heard it in the seminary, but I remembered it, so there you go. The other thing is that the Romans, and this, uh, this was in uh, the reading from Matthew 28, uh, uh, well, it goes on from where we left off last week. But the Romans who crucified Jesus were concerned that there would be conspiracy, that his followers would steal his body and claim that there was a resurrection. That's why they posted guards at the tomb. And I wonder if maybe that wasn't flickering through Thomas's mind at the time, too. Is this really what it seems to be? Thomas has his doubts. Thomas wants to see for himself. He wants to see the body of Jesus. He wants to see his hands. He wants to see his side. And a week later, Jesus appears, and he shows his hands, and he shows his side to Thomas, and Thomas believes, my Lord and my God. And then Jesus sort of chides Thomas a little bit. Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. And of course, that is us because we no longer can see Jesus in the same way as those first followers, and that makes it a lot harder to believe, even when we want to trust the vision and the hope of Jesus. Like the disciples, like Thomas, we need bodies. We need other bodies, tangible, material, physical bodies to help us believe. Our bodies, our bodies are the primary way that we experience, that we apprehend, that we interface with the world. And so we need bodies, other bodies, to help us discern and know and believe what is real. And Jesus knew this. I mean, think of the ways that Jesus talked about life and faith and God and the world. He said things like, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. 
He said, you are the salt of the earth. He said, follow me and I'll make you fish for people. Give to everyone who asks of you. And if they ask for your coat, give them your cloak too. Jesus talked about faith as embodied in us and in our neighbors and in the world around us. And he embodied the love and the wisdom and the redemptive power of God. He fed people, he healed people, he blessed people. And even at the end, what did he do? He knelt down and he washed the feet of his disciples and then they shared a meal. And he said when he took the bread and the cup, whenever you eat together, remember me. And here, in John, after the resurrection, Jesus appeared and his followers saw his body and Thomas was invited to touch his hands. And then he breathed on them. He was close enough to them, physical enough for them to feel his breath on their bodies. And then he sent them out, filled with the Spirit, to embody, to bear witness physically, tangibly, to the reality and the truth and the hope of God. Bodies, other bodies are how we can know what is real. We're not just spiritual beings. And we need more than just philosophical ideas to find our way. We need other embodied people to help us know and discern and believe what is real. And we need bodies we can trust. There are lots of people who want to tell us what is real, what is true, and some of it is and some of it isn't. So how do we know who to trust? So let's, let's take a look at that picture of the Pope again. It's hard to see uh, here, but the giveaway, one of the big giveaways in this picture is his hands. Now the hand on the right is, a, the other hand is holding, looks like a coffee cup or something, and the fingers are really quite blurred. It turns out that artificial intelligence, at least so far, has a hard time uh, generating accurate-looking, human-looking hands. So here's another picture. This is uh, Boris Johnson. He's the former prime minister of Great Britain. I don't know a lot about Boris Johnson, but apparently this was not unrealistic for him. Uh, he's dancing. But uh, there's another close-up of his hands. Can you see those fingers? I mean, the British stereotypically have bad teeth, but they don't have bad hands. Not like that anyway. The giveaway is the hands. Thomas, of course, had no notion of artificial intelligence. He couldn't have. But Thomas knows this instinctively, it seems, because he asks to see the hands of Jesus. He had seen the hands of Jesus hold children. He'd seen the hands of Jesus embrace ostracized people. The hands of Jesus had made breakfast for them, broiled fish on the beach one morning. And he knew the hands of Jesus had borne the sins of the world. He knew they carried the marks of pain and loss and grief and death. And when Thomas saw those hands, that's when he knew it was Jesus. He knew it was real and he knew it was true. Hands are the giveaway. So if the questions are what is real and how to know, uh, here are the tentative conclusions I'm coming to. First, we need bodies. We need other embodied people to help us know what is real. Now, let's see that Pope one I mean, I can't go to the Vatican and ask the Pope if he was really wearing that jacket one day. So we need other people in our lives who can help us discern and decide what's real and true 
and trustworthy? Yes or no? We need other embodied people who can help us believe that Christ is risen, who can help us believe that God's love never ends, that nothing, even death, can end God's love. People who can help us believe that God loves us, our bodies, our minds, our souls, even in those times when we are not very lovable to anyone else. None of the people can help us believe that the beloved community, the kind of life together that Jesus promised, really is possible. We need bodies. We need other bodies to help us know what is real, which is why, for me, it's so valuable to be part of a congregation like this, to gather together, body and soul. And then second, to know who to trust, look at their hands. Where have their hands been? What have they done with their hands? What have their hands held? What stories do their hands tell? Remember in the Gospels, Jesus said at one point, you will know them by their fruits. What have they done with their hands? What have they produced with their hands? That's true of organizations and ministries and churches and business and social media too. I mean, metaphorically. But that's the way to know how, uh, that's the way to know who to trust. When you think about a big organization, think about the people who work for it, think about their hands. What are the fruits of their labors? How do they treat people? How do they handle money? How do they shape perceptions? How do they influence behaviors? Hands, it seems to me, even metaphorically, are a giveaway. So look at your hands. Look at your hands. Where have your hands been this week? Who have your hands touched? What have you done with your hands? What scars, what wounds do your hands bear? What stories do your hands tell? What stories do you wish your hands would tell? In this Easter season, may our hands bear witness to the hope, the possibilities, the reality of life in the wake of the resurrection of Jesus. May it be so. Amen.